Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Good morning. Welcome to those of you that are watching online right now. Uh, it's good to see all of your faces in the room. And uh, does anybody believe in the power of prayer? About half the room believes in the power of prayer. <laughs> Come on, does anybody believe in the power of prayer? We, uh, we gathered last Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for about, um, it was about 30 minutes, and we prayed over about five different uh, different areas, different. We prayed over the people of our city and uh, leadership and government officials and our schools and marriages and different things like that. And I want to encourage you, uh, we're going to continue that throughout the month of August, each Sunday evening at 6 p.m. at the downtown square. You say, well, what's so significant about the downtown square? It's not necessarily the location uh, as much as it is the fact that we're uniting together to pray and uh, believe God. Uh, for some important things and for his leadership and his guidance and his direction. Uh, but we thought, man, what what better place to be than right in the heart of our city, praying for our city and praying for our nation. And so I want to invite you tonight, 6, uh, it'll probably be about 6 to 6.30. It's not going to be a long time, uh, but we want to join together again, and we're going to unite together in prayer. And I want to encourage you to be there. If you believe in the power of prayer, come on, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of prayer. I think sometimes we lose the art, uh, we lose the importance of uh, seeking the face of God and uniting together in prayer. And so uh, we'll see you there tonight at 6 o'clock for about 30 minutes to pray together. And uh, we also have, um, with with everything going on in the world and uh, COVID-19, uh, it's been a little bit since we have, we had our citywide serve day, but it's been a little bit since we've been able to gather together and serve on the first Saturday of the month. And so beginning again, it'll be Saturday, September the 5th, I believe is the date. Uh, we're going to join together in the Save a Lot parking lot, and we're going to be a blessing to people in our community. We're going to love on people. We're going to uh, share Jesus with people and provide lunches for people uh, beginning at 1030 uh, we'll be setting up and doing that. And so I want to encourage you to mark that down. You can go on your way out. Uh, there will be a place where you can sign up if you want to bring something for that day. Uh, we encourage you to do that. Get signed up so that uh, we can know what all is coming. And we look forward to serving with you on September the 5th. And uh, last week, I want to jump into uh, just to remind you kind of this series that we're in. We began a series that we're calling Mission Minded, And the idea behind this series is to communicate uh, what our heart is as a church, uh, what we're trying to accomplish as a church, what the vision is as a church, but also in your life personally. And so what we're trying to do, and and we're talking through kind of how we're trying to accomplish this and the direction that we're going, but also in your life personally, in your life individually, in your family, what we believe uh, the Word of God says uh, for us to be mission-minded. And I want to, I'm going to kind of go 
through some of this really quickly and remind you what we talked about last week really quickly because I want to get into what, uh, what I believe God wants me to share with you today. I would encourage you to go back on the podcast, go back online uh, on the website or wherever it is that you uh, get the content and listen to the message last week or watch the message if you didn't do that. But leading up to the series and as we go through the series, here's an important question that we're answering and it's this one right here. Uh, it's what is it? that God desires for his people. And we talked about this last week. What is it? And we kind of set it this way to break it down in two separate ways so that you can hopefully remember it. Here's what I believe God desires. He desires to see lost people saved, saved people discipled, and discipled people mobilized. So he desires for lost, the lost to be saved. We talked about that last week. He desires for saved people to be discipled and to grow and then he decide, and he desires for that process to be repeated in your own life, for there to be somebody else that you're like you're seeing lost people saved, you're sharing your testimony, you're sharing the gospel with people, and then you are seeing people saved and discipled, and that you're walking alongside and doing life with people and and and, and being intentional in that way, so that then that can be repeated over and over and over again. And here's how. Uh, we say it, or if you look on the website, it's three words that we've kind of broken it down into. It's to know, grow, and go. That God's desire is for, for every person to know, grow, and then go. For you to know, grow, and go. We lead people to know God personally, grow deep in their faith, and go make an impact in the world. To go see that repeated in every person's Life And if there's a breakdown in this journey, right, if, if there's one of these three things that's not happening, then we need to figure out where the problem is, uh, you know, in, in our systems and what we're trying to accomplish as a church, but also in your, in your life individually. Right? If, if there are not lost people being saved, if people aren't coming to Christ, then we need to figure out what's going on with that. If there are not people that are being discipled and growing in their faith, if there are not people that are going out and we're not being people that are going out and, and doing this in our own lives individually as well, then there's a problem on this journey. And so we're trying to mobilize people to go and repeat this process in their own life. And I like to think about it this way, and it's what did teach it, Jesus teach his disciples to do? And I'm just kind of paraphrasing it here. I said this last week, you won't necessarily find this language in the Bible, but I think this is kind of what Jesus was saying whenever he was calling his disciples. He was basically saying, give your life to me, follow me, let me teach you, and then go and repeat the process. There came a moment where he, he commissioned them to go and repeat this. Like, go and do what you've seen me do. Go and see lost people saved and, and, and make disciples and baptize them and do all of these things. And so that's kind of what we're talking about is how can we as a church and how can you as an individual make sure that we're on mission, that we're trying to accomplish, that we're working toward what it is, the, the, what is the heart of God, what it is that God desires. And so here's my question for you again today as we jump in to this message is, have you taken this journey so you can go and do the same? So if we're providing a way as a church, we're trying to do our best to provide a way where, where people can come to know Jesus, where lost people can be saved, where, where people can be discipled and can grow, and then where those people are then repeating the process and stepping in to discipling others and seeing lost people saved around them, then we need to, we need to be 
of the same mission. And so how how can you, if you haven't taken the journey yourself, that's the starting point. Is that you need to experience, like you need a relationship with Jesus personally. And you need to be discipled. You need to grow. And then you need to be going and doing the same in other people's lives because now you know what it is that God desires. And so last week we talked about God's heart for lost people and how lost people matter and how we provide opportunities for people to give their life to Jesus and how you and I are called to go into all the world. Do you remember this verse in the Bible? Jesus said, go into all the world. We can't. We can't neglect that and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. That's just to the person that's called to be a missionary. You're a missionary. Like your your family, your job, your community, your city, the people that you're around, you're a missionary to those people. And then we ended last week with an opportunity for every person to make the decision really to to die to yourself, to to surrender everything to Jesus and, and give your life to him. To have your old life be crucified with Christ and to live your new life through Christ. And so I've titled this message today as we kind of go into part two of this discussion. I've titled the message today, A Commitment to Discipleship. Come on, I want you to to do this. I want you to look at your neighbor. Come on, look at the person that's sitting the closest to you and tell them, I need a commitment to discipleship. I need a commitment to to discipleship. And I want to talk about this for a moment. And I want to remind you, each week what we're doing is giving three points really in the form of questions. And I'm trying to communicate to you why we can't just settle for one of these three things or two of these three things or, well, I'll just leave this one out, but I like that one, but I don't like this one, but I like that one. Like like God's desire is for all three to be active in your life. And then at the very end, I want to give you an opportunity to join the mission, to join this part of the mission, maybe to take the next step if you've never taken the next step, or maybe to know what the next step is if there's somebody in your life that you're trying to lead in the direction that God desires for them to go. And so here's question number one as we're talking about seeing saved people discipled. It's how do we know that discipleship and growth is God's desire for you? Well, I want to read you a few scriptures and talk about them for just a moment. And I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. And if you go back and you read the context, Paul is talking about gifts. He's talking about prophecy. He's talking about speaking in tongues. I know that freaks some of us out, and we need to do a teaching on that at some point. But he's talking about understanding these things. And he says, listen, when it comes to evil, when it comes to evil, you need to be like babies when it comes to that. But when it comes to the things that I'm talking to you about right now, the things of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these things, like you need to be mature in your understanding. You need to be mature in your understanding. Well, how in the world can I be mature in my understanding? Here's what I think it means to be mature. It means that there has to be some discipleship, there has to be some study, and there has to be some growth that happens for you to be mature in your understanding. Are you with me so far? There has to be some, some study. There has to be some intentional discipleship. There has to be a commitment to discipleship. There has to be a commitment to understand and to grow 
so that you can be mature in understanding the things of God. So that you can be mature in understanding the gifts. You can be mature in understanding what God desires for your life. You can be mature in what he's told you to do. You can be mature in the things of God. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. I love this picture. (laughs) Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed. And then he gives a picture of what it looks like to be immature like children. He says, we will no longer be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. God's desire for you is that you would grow and become more like Christ, who is the head of the body that we claim to be a part of. That you wouldn't be immature, being tossed here and there, believing things that sound good but may not be the truth. That you would be mature, growing in every way, more like Christ. Not in 75% of your life, But in every way that you would grow and mature and become more like Jesus. God doesn't desire for you and I to remain immature. He has gifts that he has given to the church so that people can mature and grow. So that we can become and grow in every way more and more like Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5. Verses 12 through 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a spiritual infant. But solid food is for the spiritually mature, whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. (laughs) Paul says, he says, you have had time. Like, because of the time that you have had to learn these things, you should be teaching people. But you're not, and the way that I kind of read into this is you're not because you have not used the time that you have been given to learn and grow and understand these things. You are continually in need of milk and not solid food. Why? Because solid food is for those who are spiritually mature. Milk is for infants. Now listen, I am not condemning you. 
I am not putting you down. I am reading you the Bible. (laughs) And the fact that God, like we are coming around this idea that God desires for you to grow. God desires, and until you get this truth in your heart, you won't have a desire to grow. You'll be content with where you are because you think that where you are is good enough and, well, I've got enough and so I'm just good where I'm at. No, you need to grow. Listen, the desire is for you to grow in every way more and more like Jesus. Can you say today that every single part of your life, everything about you has just grown to be like Jesus? If the answer is no, there's more growing to do. And can I let you in on a little secret? The answer's no. <laughs> like so some of you, if you're sitting there and you're like contemplating, like, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. Like, let me think about it for a little bit. Like, I can help you. <laughs> the answer is no. You are not perfect. You are not in every way like Jesus. You need to be continually growing so that you can mature and you can grow in your faith, deep in your faith. And I, I, I like this picture. I think that when we surrender our life to Jesus, we look and we feel like this beautiful flower. Anybody like planting flowers in the spring? I love, man, I'm, I, like I'll step back after, after we've planted some flowers in like March or April, and I'm like, this looks amazing. Now, most of you know that in about two months when it gets really hot, you're going to be like, I can't keep these things alive. Like there, there's no hope for this, right? But for a, for a period of time, it looks really, really good. It looks really good, but if if we don't water it, and we don't maintain it, and we don't work on it continually, it eventually dries up and dies. It might look good for a moment, but it eventually dries up and dies. And there's a parable, and I want to talk about this for just a moment. There's a parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 13. And we're not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to kind of walk you through Jesus' explanation Right? Jesus tells a parable about the sower and the seed and the different types of soil. And then the disciples are like, <laughs> Jesus is like, let me explain to you what that meant. And then later on in the chapter, he explains to them what he meant by what he was saying when he told them this parable. And here's, here's what he talks about. He, he describes four different types of soil, and three of those types of soil were not prepared for the good news to go deep enough to last. They weren't prepared for it to go deep enough for it to last. And they all received the good news, but three of them did not let it go deep enough to withstand life. Can we put it like that? Things happen, and they didn't let it go deep enough. So there's one type of soil that receives Jesus, receives the good news, receives the word, but doesn't fully understand it, and so Satan snatches it away. And so I hear it, and I listen to it, and I think that sounds good, but I don't really completely understand it all, and so the enemy comes, and he snatches it away from you. Then there's another type of soil, a second type of soil, that receives the word, but just keeps it surface level, and when, so when they experience pressure and persecution, one translation says they abandon it. So it, they receive it, 
and it goes it goes in about this deep and they're excited about it and it starts to you know it's like it's like that flower that you go buy from Home Depot or wherever you get your flowers from and you plant it in the ground you're like that looks good I like that but it never goes deep enough and so when pressure comes anybody ever experienced some pressure and persecution comes because of what they've heard. Like, there's persecution because now, you, now you're associating with Jesus. Now you say you believe. Now, you, now you've decided to follow after Jesus. Persecution comes, and it says that this type of soil, they abandon it. In other words, this is the way, that I, this is the way I like to, to, to say it in my mind, is pressure and persecution comes, and they're like, forget this. I thought it was going to be great. I thought my petals were always going to look pretty. I didn't think any rain was coming. I didn't think any heat was coming. I thought that everything was going to be worked out in my life and it was going to be easy. And when it's not, forget that. Like, what did I even believe? What was he even talking about? Why did I even go there? Life just got harder. And they abandon it. Then there's another type of soil, the third type of soil, that receives the word. But listen to this. This type of soil is worried, distracted, and deceived by worldly things and their own desires. So this type of soil hears the word. And like, wow, I kind of I like that. But as they live their life, they're worried distracted, deceived by worldly things, deceived by their own desires, the things that they want or they think they want. And so this plant, this word gets choked out of their life because they're focused on the wrong things. So the word goes, like the word comes forth, they hear it, I receive that. But they get deceived and distracted and worried by the things in life. And the things in life, come on, you know this, the things in life choke out what was once there. And now there's no longer fruit. There's no longer growth. There's no longer anything that is visible in your life that, that, that shows that you are following after Jesus because you have allowed worry and distraction and deception and your own desires. Come on, this is the word of God. Your own desires have, have caused this to be choked out of your life. And now you're like, you know, at one point I was really excited about God and about Jesus and about serving him. But now it's like I'm just, I'm distracted. I'm worried. I'd rather have that. I'd rather be here. Like, like I've, I, I desire this. I've earned that. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Like I've gotten fixated on the wrong things. I've gotten fixated on worldly things that aren't inherently bad. But they have taken the place, number one position, priority in my life, that where Jesus, where God is supposed to be my relationship with him. And because of that, what I heard has been choked out of my life. It's been choked out. And then there's a final type of soil that hears the good news, understands it, and makes sure that it grows deep roots in their life. And this soil bears a lot of fruit in their life. They hear it. They understand it. I'm going to let it go deep. 
I'm not going to be distracted by the. I'm going to let it go deep. I'm going to do the intentional work of watering it, maintaining it, being intentional to make sure like this is going to grow in my life. This will grow in my life. And my guess is that every one of us can relate to one of these four types of soil. So here's my simple question. Which one are you? As you think and you, you, you picture your life right now, which one are you? They all heard it. Seed went here, seed went here, seed went here, seed went here. Only one of them did the intentional work to let it go deep. Got the soil ready. Did the sometimes hard work to make sure that I'm not falling away. I'm not going to be dried up and, and dead six months from now. I'm not going to let myself be distracted by my own desires and by the things that I think that I want. I'm going to let this go deep. I'm going to make sure that this goes deep. And when you look around at people in your life today or when you look at your own life, do you see, do you see people who don't fully understand what Jesus has done for them? Or do you see people who have and are contemplating abandoning what they once said they believed? This is in the Bible. Like when you look around, do you see people? It's like they used to say they believed and now they are considering abandoning what they once said they believed. Do you, do you see people who are worried and distracted and deceived by worldly things and material things and their own desires? And maybe you need to really ask yourself this question. Do I see this in my life? When I do inventory of my life and my relationship with God and the, the good news and the, the word of God that I have heard, that I have received, which soil am I? And there's a verse in Matthew 24, and Jesus is talking about the end times. Jesus is talking about, the, you know, the disciples are like, when are we going to know? That this is how, like, when are we going to know that the end is coming? When are we going to know that it's getting close? And Jesus is talking about the end. The end. And this is, this is something that he says to them in verse 10. I just want to read one verse. He says, at that time, at what time? The end. In the last days, at that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me. This is Jesus. And will fall away, look at this, will fall away from the one whom they should trust. And will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors, and will hate one another. And I read this in the Amplified Bible and how it puts the parentheses and it kind of tries to dive into what the word and what the actual meaning of that was in the original language. And when I read this, that... At that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me. And many will fall away from the one they should trust. Jesus is saying, you should be trusting me. And the only one, and I love this picture because Jesus is saying, at that time, in other words, at that time, more than ever, you should be trusting me. Like, I'm the only one that you should be trusting. This is so vitally important. However, many will fall away from the one that they should be putting more trust in. 
So instead of, this is a picture of what, it, what it's going to look like. Instead of more trust in Jesus, he says there are going to be a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of people that they're going to begin to fall away from the one that they should be trusting in. When, when life gets hard, they're going to fall away from the one that they should be trusting in. When persecution comes, they're going to fall away from the one that they should be trusting in. At that time, in those days, when you, in the last days, people are going to fall away from the one that they have been trusting in. And can I submit to you, could it be, could it be that the falling away will be those who never developed roots? Who never submitted to discipleship and who never made time to grow. I didn't say they didn't find time to grow. They didn't make time to grow. They didn't make time to be intentional so that the word of God, so that the good news of Jesus could go deep into their heart deep into their life so that when things began to happen and persecution came and, and, and worry was there and the enemy tried to bring distraction and all of these things started to happen at that time could it be that many of those who will fall away from the one that they should be trusting in will be the ones that kept it just right on the surface I like what I heard, but it doesn't need to go any deeper than that. I like what I like what he said, but I don't really want to change. I like what I like what he was presenting. I like that 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 Jesus is going to save me. I like that, but nothing needs to happen in my life. And at that time, many will fall away from the one they should be trusting in, could it be that it's because they never allowed it, never made time for it to go deep into their life, deep into their heart? Here's question number two. It's simply this. How are we trying to accomplish this part of the mission? So as a church, how are we trying to accomplish this and and and? And help you grow, help you be discipled, like give you opportunity to say, I need this in my life. And I want to talk about just two things really quickly. The first one is what we call grow groups. And I know we have, we have talked about groups until we're blue in the face. It's, it's what we call grow groups. This is, a, this is an intentional thing in our church where you can get plugged in and you can be discipled, you can grow, you can do what, what, what it says in Proverbs 27, 17. Look at this from the Amplified Bible. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another. And look at these last two words. Through discussion. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. And if you've been if you've been a part of our church, if you call this place home and you've called this place home, your home church for any length of time, you will know that at the beginning of 2020, and I look back now and I'm thinking, I think God knew what he was doing. 
what a coincidence that God would know what was coming in the future and would, and would say, you need to make a shift. And so we changed the name of groups to grow groups. We changed really the, the format of what it looked like to make it an intentional avenue, an intentional way that we can discuss, we can grow together, we can sharpen each other, we can look at the word of God and go deep. Grow in our faith. Grow in our relationship. Like, I'm going to be intentional to let this grow. Why? Because in this life, you will have trouble. You will. Jesus said it. You're going to have trouble, but take heart because I have already overcome the world. Things are going to happen. Persecution's going to come. And here's the thing. The type of soil that you are, what you have prepared for the word, whether or not it's going down deep into your heart, deep into your life, and you're continually growing and discipling others and being discipled and sharpening each other, it's going to determine what your life looks like when things get difficult. And Jesus said, at that time, Many will fall away from the one that they should be trusting. They should be trusting. Come on, these are ways that we can dive into the Bible. We can study God's word. We can look at at specific topics and what the Bible says about that so that we can let it grow deep in our lives, deep in our hearts. And I know I'm full of questions, but let me ask you another one. Have you committed to be in a group? We said it at the very beginning. Have you taken the journey? Have you gotten on board with where God wants to take you so that then you can you can so that you can go? Which is what we're going to talk about next Sunday? Have you have you given your life to Jesus and made a commitment to grow so that you can be discipled, so that you can grow, it can go deep in your life, so that you can take it to other people and say, listen, this is what God did in my life. This is who Jesus is. This is what he did for you. And I, like, you need to give your life to him and present that to people and then lead them into what you have experienced next to lead them into a growing relationship with God. Have you committed to the process that God desires for your life, for you to continually be growing in every way more and more like Jesus. God's desire is for you to grow. I'm not. I'm not talking about when I ask this question. I'm not talking about. And I know this is going to be this is going to be bold, but I'm I'm not talking about signing up and not showing up. Half of y'all aren't coming back next week to hear part three. That's all right. (laughs) I'm not talking about that because that's not growing. Well, I had good intentions. Can I just can I just boldly declare to you as I feel it in in my heart that good intentions are not going to get it done. You're going to have to commit. 
There's going to have to be a level of commitment that says, this is what I need. This is what God desires for me. And I'm not going to be distracted by what I want to do so much that I get away from what I need to do. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another through discuss, like through getting together and discussing the word of God. You need it. You need it. You've got to be intentional. Are you committed to being a group? The next part is really where it has to start. Because I think we have a tendency sometimes to rely on Sunday to get us through. To rely on, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to church on Sunday, and I'm going to hear a message. And, and then I'm going to go to a group on Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or Friday or whatever night of the week is, that group that you're going to be a part of. And I'm going to rely on them to give me everything that I need. There, there needs to be, it, it has to start, let me say it this way. It has to start at home. There's, there's got to be time where you are seeking the face of God and you are getting in his word and you are saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me something. Let, I mean, just, like, I'm going to read this today and before I even read it, I want you to show me something. I'm not doing this to check something off. I'm doing this so that I can grow. I'm doing this so that I can know more about you. I'm doing this so I can know what your plan is for my life. I'm doing this so that I can know what it is that you have desired for me from the very beginning and what direction I'm supposed like, I am I am being intentional at home to get the word in me. See, it's got to start. You can't solely rely on two things a week to be enough. You, you just, you can't. <laughs> now listen, you need the gathering together. And I'm going to read you a verse in a minute. Two verses. You need the gathering together. You need to be in a group. But it's but it's got to start. Listen, it's got to start before you go. Like there's got to be some intentionality on your part and a commitment to be in the word of God and to spend time with the Father on a regular basis. On a regular basis. And then here's point number three, question number three. And I want to bring the worship team back is how can you join the mission? So if you've if 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 you've never like okay I've like I've been saved I, I I made that decision I'm seeking to follow after Jesus how can you jump on board with this it's really very simple and I'm gonna this is gonna seem this is gonna seem so simple and so practical that it's that it's hard to even believe it's very simple but it seems like it's hard for us to do like how can I get on mission how can I be intentional about this. Set an alarm on your phone that will remind you to read God's word and pray. We use our phone for everything else. <laughs> Can I say this to myself and say it to you at the same time? I don't forget to get on Instagram.
I don't, I don't forget, I heard somebody say one time, they took the Facebook app and put it right next to the Bible app so that every time they went to get on Facebook, they would have to see the Bible app. <laughs> it's just, I know, I know we're laughing right now, but it's just, a, it's just a simple practical thing. You Like set a reminder on your phone that at this time, every single day, I have committed. I have committed. Hey, can you go do this at 6 o'clock in the morning? Sorry, I have a commitment. And I need this more than I need that. And so, like, I can do it at 8, but not at 6, because that's my time with the Lord. Like, set a reminder on your phone. How, how else can we get on mission practically as, as what we do as a church? Our fall semester of grow groups is, like, three weeks away. Three weeks away. So three weeks from today, that week, whatever night of the week that group is on that you decide to be a part of and to commit to, they begin. And we do these in semesters. We kind of break with the holiday season and we break, you know, uh, you know, a month here and a month there so that, that new people that have come on board can, can hop in a group and, and the, maybe the topic can change or the book of the Bible can change, you know, but, but they're about to begin in, in three weeks. So how, how can I get on mission? Get in a group. Well, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm nervous if I go to, like, I'm not going to know enough. Everybody's going to be smarter than me. That's the point. <laughs> the point is, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. But when we get together and we discuss and we read and we're intentional, guess what? We can grow. We can sharpen each other. That's that's the point. And I want to to say this and then we're going to pray. The enemy will always give you a reason why it won't work for you. So when you leave here and you start thinking about groups, you start thinking about your personal time with the Lord, can I tell you what's going to happen? The enemy will give you a reason. Well, I would go, but Thursday nights is this. Well, I would go, but Sunday evenings I'm just tired. Well, I would commit to that one, but on Tuesdays, we got this. The enemy will always give you a reason why it will not work for you. You're going to have to commit. You are going to have to reprioritize things in your life so that God can have the number one priority. There will always be a reason why it won't work for you. Will you stand to your feet today? This is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage one another. We don't need to neglect it. We need to get together. We need to encourage one another. And check this out, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Like you're one day closer. 
especially now. In those days, there will be people, many people that will fall away from the one that they should be trusting. And especially now, you don't need to neglect the meeting together. We can't neglect it. And so, to sum all of this up today, and then we're going to sing. Before we sing, before we pray, three questions for you to think about. Do you see which type of soil you have been? Have you submitted and committed to being discipled and growing? And here's a question for some of you. Some of you. Why do you not want to grow and be discipled? Like, do you see which type of soil you are? We talked about the four types of soil. You need to go read it. Matthew chapter 13. Go read it for yourself. Jesus is talking about, hey, listen, the good news is going out. There's four different types of soil it's hitting on. And guess what? You get to determine the soil. You get to determine the soil. Have you submitted and committed to being discipled and growing? And we could say it this way. If not, why do you not want to grow and be discipled? Just think about why. Why is it that I don't want to commit to that? Why is it that I don't want to grow? Why is it that I'm not willing to invest in that? Why is it that I don't think that's for me? And could it be that many Christians' lives look dead because they won't commit to the work and maintenance required to continue to grow? To continue to grow. Listen, I'm not condemning you. I'm asking you to take inventory. Ask yourself, am I on mission? Am I on mission? And if not, why not? And here's the great thing about our God. The Holy Spirit will show you. There'll be things that'll come to your minds like, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. I've been more concerned about that than, than the Lord. So God, today, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for we thank you for showing us what it is that you desire so that we can be about the things that you're about. And God, I pray over every person today as we sing this last song, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you show us? Would you, would you reveal to us what it is that's in our lives that we would ask those questions? you would reveal to us what it is that we need to step into, what it is that it's your desire for us. In Jesus' name, amen.